Wolfing Down Food Science. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wolfing Down Food Science, where today we are talking about food labels. What's outside of your food that tells you what's inside of your food? There has to be a bridge between those two. One would hope. Highly regulated bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With beams and a crosswalk and everything we'll need. That's right. You just need okay. to know how to interpret it. Right. So, Teresa, what's supposed to be on the food label and how did it get there? Recently, the food label has gone through a new renovation in making it a lot more easier for the layperson to read and understand. Yeah, I think so, this started in the Obama administration. That's when this was proposed and the law was passed. And then the distance between when a law is passed and it actually gets implemented and stuff happens can be a quite a long time um, because you have to allow food companies to adapt to graduated. Right. So like if you have a really big company, they have the manpower and the time and the money to devote to this. If you have a company of 20 people, then you need a little bit more time because your flexibility isn't there. That changes to Nutrition Facts label website. It it indicates that uh, that law was updated in 2016. So that kind of give it will give a sense of how long this takes. So right. it says 2016 was when that law was updated, and then you know the beginning of this implementation was 2020 for these big manufacturers that Paige was talking about, and some companies had until July of 2021. Um, to to make those changes. So it's kind of indi- indicative of how long it takes, you know, right. over five years to get this done. The first thing that we see, which is the serving size, that's going to be how much is recommended in one serving of this product that you have in your hand. So part of the nutrition upgrade is that the serving sizes be made more appropriate to a typical sitting or conception. So, for example, Gatorade bottles were broken into multiple servings in the past. So a large Gatorade bottle would have three servings in it, but often people don't break down their drinks into three different sittings. So now the nutrition facts have been updated for a entire serving or entire bottle of that Gatorade. So it kind of gives you a more appropriate understanding of how much nutrition is actually in that product. So um, now a pint of ice cream is one serving. Is that right? It <laughs> <laughs> seems to be about the proper amounts. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> You're saying that might be a bit large. <laughs> yeah. It went from like one spoon to two spoons. <laughs> yes. But I'm, I'm glad they did that for Gatorade because, you know, Gatorade yes. doesn't seem to be a sipping beverage. It's like a chugging beverage. Right. You know, for the most You're part. You're not watching. So. Right. Sodas were the same way. A 20 ounce soda was two and a half servings. Mm. And that's not how it's consumed typically, for sure. So glad they updated it. Yes. All right. So we have serving size. And And what our eyes all go towards. 
<laughs> is the calories and they've made that nice and big as of recent so it's bolded it's the largest thing that's on the nutrition facts um and i think they've made it have a punch with that is the actual ma- macronutrient breakdown of what those calories mean so calories are a representation of your macronutrients including fats carbohydrates and protein so the first thing on underneath the calories is going to be the total fat percentage and then the breakdown of fat into saturated fat and trans fat. So there should be zero grams of trans fat by law into your food products because they're not able to be broken down by our bodies. They're very, very damaging to our health and it should be as of recent completely prohibited from being used in foods. Saturated fat is also great to be aware of in our foods because those are indicative to high risks for cholesterol and other health concerns. Sodium and cholesterol are also listed on the food labels before we get to carbohydrates. And those are uh, broken into your dietary fiber and total sugars. Now, what's Partly new to this carbohydrate section is the added sugar. So you can see how much additional sugar has been put into a product compared to just the natural amounts of sugars. You'd say, let's say an orange juice, there is the sugars from the orange and then there's the added sugars to if they if they decided to use that. And uh, that could be a good differentiation for you between, you know, drinking something with a high amount of sugar naturally or a high amount of sugars added. And then last thing, there is protein in gram form. So the daily percent daily value based off of a 2000 calorie diet is listed in a percentage form on the sides, and you can adjust those accordingly to your personalized caloric intake in your day. So For the last part of the nutrition label, you'll see some micronutrient information. We got vitamin D, calcium, iron, and potassium. Vitamin D and potassium have been recently updated to support the recent need of our population to have a higher vitamin D intake as well as potassium. So there's new scientific data all the time, right? So these, this new scientific data really gives us more information about our population and the nutrition needs of the population. And that's reflected in the new label um, so that it's updated in the percent daily values and those nutrients that are shown, um, or micronutrients that are shown at the bottom. And that, that's really why this nutrition label was added to foods, was to give people more information about their foods and more information about how their diet is related to their health and how to go about improving it. So they had that information and that base knowledge um, you add in to their daily routine of, oh, well, you know, maybe if I have a certain disease state, I don't, I need to watch the amount of saturated fat I eat. And now you have that information on food. So, or on the foods that you're eating. So, um, so it's really nice that we're continuing to update this uh, based on the health needs. Like you mentioned, Teresa, the vitamin D deficiency that is throughout the population, it seems, is, is a real problem. So having the amount of vitamin D you're getting in your foods and knowing if you eat foods that are rich in vitamin D is really important. 
And this is one of the things that I think can be very uh, either confusing or maybe even frustrating uh, to consumers about how science works. So just looking at how the food label changed. So we'll put in our notes uh, for the podcast a side-by-side comparison of the old food label and the new food label. And you can see what has changed from one to the other. Um, And as Teresa pointed out, one of the big things is just that calories are now the largest thing on the label. Um, But a number of other things have changed. And it's just because science continually updates itself. It's uh, as Paige used that this this great word iterative. It means that, you know, as we collect more data, we have to update the science. And in this case, it's reflected in the label. So we see that updated label now. Um, But I think it's a lot clearer in terms of that connection between uh, what's in the food and therefore, you know, what food scientists have to have to put there and then how that may affect our health. So the FDA is the powerhouse behind this new label change. And I assume they're the ones that are really watching over what is on the food label in general. Yeah, they actually go out and pull food samples randomly um, once a year and across the country and make sure that actually what the nutrition label says is accurate. So food companies are responsible for generating their own food labels, and they do this typically with software that has all the different ingredients in it, and then they do all the math of how much goes in and how much is lost with cooking and all of this type of thing and generate this label. So the the FDA is checking up on things and making sure that that food label is accurate. And I should point out that the USDA works hand in hand with the FDA. So the FDA is more sort of the enforcement portion of this. So making the rules and then enforcing those rules. USDA uh, has for a number of years kept an excellent database of just what is in a food. So you can go to the USDA nutrient database and you can look up a chocolate bar, or you can look up chocolate pudding for that matter, and you'll find what's in it um, as far as we know. And it will actually indicate how many times that food has been analyzed uh, for whatever, for calcium or for uh, for vitamin C or for particular nutrients. So it's a pretty, pretty cool way to see how um, that science is done to actually get what's on the label on the label. <laughs> The marketing aspect of the food, though, can be a little bit, what's the word? I think mm. you use the words romantic, <laughs> that romance oh. language. Oh, yes, romance <laughs> language. That's a good, yeah. So, so romance language is the stuff that is not required by law, that is designed, you know, to get your attention in the grocery store where the product is saying, hey, you need to buy me um, because it looks interesting or healthy or delicious or whatever. It's it's what's on the label that's designed to get your attention and uh, and designed to persuade you to buy that product. And the FDA has regulations on what those claims can be, but uh, there's ways of romanticizing those claims where it seems almost uh, too good to be true. So we all bought products to the table today, right? Mm-hmm. Teresa, what do you have? I have ranch dressing with me, and it's um, it's marketed as light. Oh, okay. Yes. 
Keith? All right. I have a milk protein-based low-fat beverage. Mm. And I brought some smokehouse almonds to the table. So snacks, because I'm all about snacks. <laughs> all right. Well, Paige, you were talking about like some of the language on uh, on your snacks that uh, really was trying to point out all of these uh, potential health related uh, benefits of consuming almonds. So what's yeah. on that label? So there, there is in very small print on the side, <laughs> there is a, a, an actual health claim. And in order to put a health claim that relates um, nutrition and consumption of this product to how it affects your health, you do have to have scientific evidence um, according to the FDA. So you, you can't just slap anything on a food product that says it's going to help you uh, prevent heart disease or decrease your cholesterol without scientific evidence. So very, very tiny print. It says scientific evidence suggests, but does not prove that eating one and a half ounces per day of most nuts, such as almonds, as part of a diet low in saturated fat and cholesterol may reduce the risk of health disease. See nutrition information for fat content. Ooh, that's a lot of caveats. I know, right? There, there's some, that's like some legalese, right? Yes. Uh, that's the legal definition of what, how this food affects your health. But in, in much larger print on the package, it says irresistible snacking, exclamation point, and inside a heart, smart eating, exclamation mm. point. So it, it's really trying to draw you in that, that this is a good snack. It's good for you. So you should consume it. But it does have that health claim on the side. Okay, so not only can you not resist it, but your heart will like it. And you're smarter for eating it. So yes. Why wouldn't you? Wow. I, I don't know why I picked the smokehouse almonds. I can, <laughs> I can always use a little bit more help in the smarts department. So. <laughs> oh, what about you, Keith? What do you have on yours? All right. So mine says it is a high-protein shake. And so it's advertising on the front. So not the nutrition facts label, but it's advertising on the front that it's delivering 30 grams of protein with 160 calories, a gram of sugar. And then it's got a whole bunch of vitamins and minerals in there. And it's low fat. So there's a whole lot of things on the front of that. Now, Teresa, you had talked about some of these things as uh, as being regulatory type of claims where you actually had to meet a certain standard. So kind of looking through some of those resources that you provided. So so the regulation says the total fat needs to be uh, three grams or less per um, RACC. And that Oops. means reference amounts customarily consumed. Thank you, Teresa. I was like. <laughs> What's an RACC? <laughs> um, okay, so there we go. So three grams or less. And uh, yeah, so mine mine is indicating that it has three grams of protein. Okay. Um, you made so it just, three grams of fat? Three grams of, sorry, <laughs> three grams <laughs> of fat. So it made it, it made it just under the wire then. Um, and it's crazy because fat-free is not really necessarily fat-free. It just needs 0.5 grams or less mm -hmm. per RACC. 
They're surrounding. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Keith, even that high protein claim, the fact that it says high protein, that's regulated as well. It has to be 20% or more of the daily value. So um, even something as simple as high or low or lean or more, good source, all of those things have legal definitions associated with them. Yes. The word healthy has even been regulated by the <laughs> FDA to be used in very particular circumstances on food labels. Um, so if it is low fat, which has been regulated as a certain percent fat or grams of fat, that can be marketed as healthy, something with low saturated fat with uh, 480 milligrams of sodium or less, and the list can go on for what can be legally labeled as healthy. What's okay, nice so, that, that we have that though, so that you can't just slap anything on it, and these right. words that are that seem subjective, like high and low, really aren't. Right. No. But smart, as your almonds say, yes. are not regulated. So. And it I gives think, me all the feel-good things. Right. Right. <laughs> So it's very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) So now some of the claims, of course, uh, mine says gluten free. So uh, Uh so for individuals that are gluten sensitive, those things are really important. So so the idea of fat free being less than half a gram per serving, essentially, it's just not going to provide enough fat to do a whole lot if you're consuming just one serving. But I, I do think there are other free uh, claims that are that are important. So certainly that gluten-free claim, if you um, if you suffer from celiac uh, disease, that would be a very important one to to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So so very interesting to see how these are labeled and. But they can uh, get carried away with that too, making marshmallows gluten-free and guacamole gluten-free. Certainly, I'm sure there is no gluten in there and there's no risk of cross-contamination in the facility because they just make guacamole. Um, So they're able to make those claims, but it makes it maybe seem healthier than it actually is because there would be no gluten in it to begin with. (laughs) Yeah, the the interesting thing to me, and I don't know if I would I guess it's part of the romance language, but I don't know how romantic it sounds uh, from the perspective of of uh, of the, the food product. It says, notice this product is to be used as a food supplement only. Do not use for weight reduction. So that's a very interesting language on this on this uh, protein shake label. So the idea that it's supposed to be used as a supplement and we have not even discuss supplements yet, but mm-hmm. typically supplement uh, supplements, multivitamins and others will actually have a supplement facts label, not a nutrition facts label. So I'm just kind of interested to see that that's how they refer to this beverage as as a as a supplement and uh, not for weight reduction. But there's a nutrition facts label. So they're not really categorizing this as a supplement. Anyway, it's complex. <laughs> Teresa, what? did your product have anything on it? Yeah, yes. exactly. What, is, what does yours have on there? It says light. Um, okay. And next to it, it says 60% less fat than our regular ranch dressing. So they gave their own caveat on there. But like we said, light has its own implications as well. 
um, as uh, a certain percentage of calories. So if 50% or more of the calories are from fat, fat must, fat must be reduced by at least 50% to be considered light. Per RACC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for that acronym in there. <laughs> Did not forget that acronym. <laughs> so, I certainly would buy it again. <laughs> and feel good about it, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, they didn't need to do much uh, marketing on the ranch. I think we all just keep coming back for more anyway. Yes. I have a. Um... My daughter has a friend who categorizes ranch dressings as the best ranch dressing is drinkable ranch. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Your face is what I feel like. Ooh, drinking ranch. And it's a large serving size. Okay. <laughs> I always think it's funny that she refers to it as that. But we do love ranch here in the mm-hmm. United States. <laughs> I do like ranch, but I don't like it that much. <laughs> I don't like it that much. Uh, Well, this has been really interesting, figuring out what's on the label and what it means and what's regulated and what is romantic or not regulated. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Next time we got to dive into what those macronutrients are and how they support our body for nutrition and for food scientists. All right. Ingredient mining. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast, Wolfing Down Food Science, please check us out at NCSU's Food Bioprocessing and Nutrition Science website, where you can find our show notes, reference links, and more. You can find out more about NC State, our department, and FS201, the amazing course that has brought us all together, on our website as well. Please don't forget to subscribe to Wolfing Down Food Science wherever you stream your podcasts like Spotify and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Wolfing Down Food Science. See you next time.